Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Primetime with Sean Mooney Network Classics, where we take uh, some of your favorite episodes from the past with the WWF slash WWE and we've got another great one coming your way Uh, this will feature the episode of WWF Superstars from June 6, 1992 and it was actually taped a few weeks before that if you recall and I've talked about it many times that uh, they used to do these uh, TV tapings uh, well in advance they do three weeks of shows and uh, this would have been, you know, one of the episodes they taped uh, early on. And, uh, of course, it doesn't air for three weeks. And that's why it didn't air until June 6, 1992. And it is uh, uh, an interesting episode. We'll get to all that is involved in it. But uh, before we get there, I just wanted to check in with everybody. That's one thing I like about doing these episodes is that I get to, uh, you know, check in with you, see how you're doing. Uh, I hope that everybody is uh, able to... Uh, you know, I guess have somewhat of a normal life right now. We we, we are very adaptable people. Americans are just uh, very adaptable. I should say people around the world are, of course. Uh, they have to deal with all kinds of things happening in their lives and, you know, natural disasters. And we are just uh, incredible people that we, we find a way to keep moving and, and adjust and and uh, somehow accomplish what we need to. And uh, it, it depends, like here here in America, uh, you know, they've put on many, many restrictions. Uh, a lot of the cities have uh, pretty strict lockdown orders to uh, stay at home, stay in place. Uh, people further out, maybe in rural areas where they don't have uh, this congestion of cases, where they have a lot of uh, 
coronavirus cases, uh, maybe have a little bit more uh, freedom. But in the cities, boy, they're really locking people down and, and they don't want you going out except for, you know, essential reasons that you have to get food or, you know, something like that. Now, out in my city, we do have a, a stay-at-home order, I guess you could call it, but they're not you know, uh, citing people. They're not giving them tickets for being out. Uh, we can pretty much go uh, where we need to be. But the I think the biggest thing that you all notice, wherever you may be, is the social aspect of it. Um, you know, you, you don't you remember the last time you went to a restaurant, uh, went to a park, uh, you know, went to a function of some kind. Uh, you know, in my business, in the news business, we uh, emcee a lot of events for charity and that kind of thing. Those are all gone. And uh, also when you go to one of the stores, let's say for Home Depot or even grocery stores now, they're only are allowing so many people in uh, and they have these X's everywhere where you're supposed to be at least six feet apart. And that's, that's uh, really strange. And then also seeing everybody in masks. Now, in, you know, Asian countries, that's, uh, you know, become very acceptable. It's something that they do uh, all the time. But here is, it's a very different uh, look in our country and what people are doing and it'll be interesting to see when uh, we get the all clear how many people are going to continue to do that uh, because of their fear of you know possibly contracting something. It has really been an eye opener, I think, for everybody uh, of what's happening. But um, really, I, I hope you're wherever you may be, you're, you're doing well, and uh, I, I hope you'll forgive me for the. I'm in my bunker here. I'm not in the same place I was where I was broadcast before. So we all we all adapt, and and for now, you know, I'm hoping I'll be able to improve the situation. But I hope the audio sounds okay uh, for this. Um, getting back to why we're all together here uh, today uh, is that uh, we've got another great episode, another network classic coming your way, and uh, this was uh, you know from the collection of superstars. Now you all know they changed the the name they had to because of uh, uh, copyright infringements and uh, that kind of thing. So. Uh, this is uh, an episode of WWF Superstars, and I told you it's from June 6, 1992. Uh, this show uh, doesn't let us down as far as just being a very, uh, what you'd call a promotional tool, as I've said before. That's what these shows were all about. Superstars and Challenge were all about just promoting the product. They wanted everybody to get out and go to the house shows, which they did uh, by the hundreds every year. I mean, they just did so many um, of these these house shows everywhere. And this was the way to get people out there to see the superstars. And so on these shows, they wouldn't give away a lot. You didn't, you rarely ever saw two superstars uh, of, uh, you know, higher card status uh, going at it in the ring on one of these shows. You always would see a superstar going up against an enhancement talent or jobber, whatever you want to call them. Uh, these guys in this show, uh, most of them, <laughs> that's uh, the, the latter. Um, the, there were some enhancement talent at the time, people like Steve Lombardi and, uh, you know, guys like that who were just exceptional hands, as they call them. And when they wanted to put a superstar over, they'd uh, put them in the ring with, with somebody like that. But for the most part, these were guys that would, you'd see them on TV uh, on many of the shows, but uh, they weren't ever going to reach that status where they were going to get a push or something like that. And and this is a show where that's all it is. It's a lineup of superstars going against enhancement talent. That's, uh, we've got, for example, we've got uh, uh, Bret Hart uh, takes on Tom Stone. Now, you remember that name. He, he was, uh, uh, you know, a, a wrestler of some, uh, you know, re- uh, recognition, but he wasn't a superstar that uh, had uh, reached any heights in the WWF 
for sure. And this is a match for the Intercontinental Championship, where they've uh, given him an opportunity to face Bret Hart. I think we all know how that's going to end. Also, the Nasty Boys uh, are on this program with Jimmy Hart, who was their manager at the time, as they take on uh, Major Yates and Reno Riggins. Now, Reno Riggins was somebody else you also saw on these shows uh, quite often. Uh, the Texas Tornado, Kerry uh, Von Erich, was uh, a, a big, big, big superstar at this time. They, they really loved Kerry, uh, uh, and uh, you know Vince really loved his look. And they really wanted to see him, uh, you know, reach great fame in the WWF. It's just that Kerry uh, had a lot of demons at the time, and uh, he would not uh, get to that point, uh, sadly, because I really, really liked him. Uh, he was just a really great person, and he had a great look. He was a great performer in the ring. If you knew anything uh, about the Von Erics at the time, uh, they were a wrestling family that was very, very well known, and those uh, the brothers were, you know, uh, absolute superstars in their own right, and they had, that had nothing to do with the WWF. If you were from Texas or that area, and enjoyed Southern wrestling at the time, uh, they were kings. And so this was during his stretch with the WWF, and in this ca- uh, uh, show that he's going to take on uh, Mike Collins. Also, we get to enjoy the Beverly Brothers uh, with the Genius uh, tag team that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fell short of expectations. I, uh, but although I don't know what they really ever expected from the Beverly Brothers, but uh, anyway, they're in this show, and, and tag teams, of course, were big at the time, and they just had quite a roster. Uh, they they kept pushing this this encounter, uh, and I got it seemed like it just went on forever with the Beverly Brothers and the Legion of Doom, and it was you know they had the whole thing going with the LOS Legion of Sissies and. Like weeks and weeks, and uh, I, you know, it was because they were pushing them in these house shows. But uh, I don't think it ever really got over. And in this uh, episode of Superstars, you're going to see them take on Mike Samples and Scott Bailey. Um, also, Crush. Uh, talk about trying to put people over. I mean, Crush was somebody. Uh, you know, his history. They uh, uh, Vince really liked uh, Crush. Uh, you know, and and they tried to team him up with the Demolition with Bill Eady, who was kind of on the way out. And uh, they were hoping that they could continue with the tag team with Barry Darso along with Crush, but uh, it just just didn't work uh, for whatever reason. And then they pushed him as Crush, and that didn't happen. And they had him do all these vignettes, and they just were pathetic. Uh, and not that maybe the right vehicle might have been different, but these were just every one they did. Remember the one they, they did in the junkyard with the crush in the car, and I just don't think that they just could make it happen. Nobody came up with a great angle to give him this unbelievable push that might have helped him. But maybe it just would have never happened. Maybe he just didn't uh, didn't have it. But he faces uh, George Anderson in this high energy. Uh, you remember high energy, of course of uh, Owen Hart and uh, Coco Beware with the the uh, uh, the genie suspenders that they would wear and uh, the bright colors. Yikes. And uh, also, they're going to take on Cato and uh, Kevin Kruger in this one. And then, of course, we see Repo Man, uh, of, of, of former demolition uh, uh, of Axe and Smash. you got Barry Darso, who would uh, morph into Repo Man as he faces Dan Robbins. So... This uh, is uh, an episode that's just uh, full of promotion. And that's really the purpose of this show. 
but uh, you know it it gets kind of old because they're just uh, pushing um, Ico Pro and the WBF. And uh, they're doing crossover, trying to do that crossover of the product, using the superstars to help them out there. But uh, it was just not happening. But the good part uh, of all this is that we get to see Gene Oakland do some, you know, interviews and, um, uh, you know, some of the other guys do some of their other promos that are great. So uh, anytime I can watch these, I, I love watching them. It just brings back a lot of memories for me. And, of course, it was a big part of my life with the event center. So, uh, you know, it's all sentimental for me. I could watch these things forever, uh, and I hope you enjoy them too. So with that in mind, I hope that you are queued up. You know how we do it. You go to the WWE Network, and then you're going to uh, go to in-ring, and uh, then you go down and find the uh, featured programming uh, with uh, the, the icon. You roll over to you, till you find superstars. You click on that. And uh, you're going to do the drop down, but it doesn't matter. There's only one year. They've only one, released one year of Superstars. That was 1992. But you do have to find uh, the date, uh, June 6, 1992. And you're going to see Papa Shango as uh, he's uh, kind of uh, a big push he's getting in this one now. And then I mentioned you're going to see uh, Gene Okerlund. And they got a little gimmick going in in this one, which is kind of fun. Uh, but uh, they're pushing Papa Shango. And remember, that all this is that's going on with the Ultimate Warrior. And, uh, you know, they started all where he gets the armband from the Warrior, and suddenly uh, he's having these spasms uh, up on uh, ringside, at ringside, and then he, you know, collapses, and they take him in back, and he's throwing up a yellow-green bile. And uh, so they keep pushing this, and then Gene gets involved in the action. I'm going to leave it at that. But uh, Papa Shango is getting a huge push at this point. And, there, you know, and it's, uh, I, I thought it was a, a great gimmick. Uh, you know, I don't know. It just never, you know, wasn't main event, basically. But uh, it was fun. It was a fun little angle going on. Okay, so uh, as I said, you should be queued up. We're going to take a pause for those of you who still need to find it. And then we'll get to it, okay? So uh, let's pause right now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All righty. So I assume you're back and that you're all queued up as uh, we get ready to roll with this one. And, um, uh, you know, the Superstars episodes, and I hope they release more of them because um, when they started doing... Uh, with Raw, and uh, they saw the success of Saturday Night's main event, I I think they actually started to realize that uh, you can't just keep giving people superstars and squash matches for for superstars and and, uh, challenge. And so they started to to open that up a little bit more. But at this point, they're still sticking to the formula, boy. They're just sticking right to it because uh, they, uh, you know, they it, it why change what you know if it's working why fix it is uh, pretty much how they were thinking because things roll along pretty well and as i said before they depended on that house money they wanted you to show up at these arenas because that's how they paid the guys and uh that's how they put these guys over and get these uh you know get these payoff matches for people so let's get to it are you ready here we go so this is the episode of superstars uh, wwf superstars from uh, what's that date again? Uh, June 6, 1992. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, play. And we start right out with that uh, fantastic open. We get a chance to see a little bit of everybody in these. All right, Roddy, there's uh, Jimmy Hart, Undertaker, Hogan. Yeah, got the Owen, Typhoon. Sukai, they got Earthquake, Tanka, Owen, Boom, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man, and Ric Flair is still with the WWF. And wrap it up with Hogan and Warrior. And they're in Lexington, Kentucky, the Rupp Arena. And this is when Mr. Perfect was part of the announce team with Vince McMahon. And that was his look, the double-breasted uh, jacket with uh, like a, the semi-turtleneck thing going. That was one of his favorite outfits. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to hear about that with Big Boss Man. And uh, this, these things were just loaded with puns. I mean, it was just how thick you could make it with puns, that's what we want. Couldn't see Gene Okerlund. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Oh, that wasn't nice. Come on. Gene Okerlund uh, was had a tremendous star. How dare Mr. Perfect make such comments. We got the hitman, Bret Hart, who's the Intercontinental Champion at this point. And, of course, the Nasty Boys. I mentioned that uh, Jimmy Hart would be at ringside as well. Crush. They keep trying to push Crush. Barry Darso joins us as we get underway with our first squash match. Although I think that this might get a little play because, uh, well, not really. (laughs) Should I tell you it's going to last less than two minutes? Oh, geez, I gave it away. But uh, Bret Hart's going to come out, and uh, I think, you know, him getting to the ring and interacting with people uh, was was great uh, as he will slide out. He's going to, I'm sure he's got to give away those. He's got to give away those, uh, those sunglasses. 
And Tom Stone, see, I, I remember him. He was, uh, you know, he was a guy that made a lot of appearances on uh, the the promo shows on Superstars and Challenge. As he hands over the Intercontinental belt, and he's got to go back out, find himself a young man. And uh, they would set this up, you know, look, right? He's got his breath, the Hitman Heart t-shirt, which is too big. I don't know they didn't make smaller kid sizes. It was crazy. But they would go out and they'd say, you know, it's, uh, you know, ringside left. There's a kid there in a shirt. That's where you're going to give him his sunglasses. So it wasn't random, but I didn't have to tell you that, right? Tom Stone. Getting a chance here for the Intercontinental title. Wow, this is a big shot, huh? Shawn Michaels, a little promo as they uh, continue to push this angle between Shawn Michaels and Bret the Hitman Hart. Yes, indeed. Uh, You're going to be seeing that show on a house show near you. Brings it back in over the ropes with the suplex. Lying to himself? I don't know about that. And Bret Hart drops that leg across the forehead. And uh, pretty quick work here as he steps across. Oh, not ready for the sharpshooter yet. Drops that leg, drops him on the back of his head. So clearly Tom Stone has no idea where he is at this point. Going to lock in that sharpshooter. Come on, Tom. Let's get this over with. Uh, Can't take anymore. Can't take it. As he shows out the belt. There's another Hitman fan. So uh, he makes quick work of Tom Stone here, but uh, gives us a good look at Brett the Hitman Hart. Gets to say hi to the crowd, give away the sunglasses, and from the pages of the WWF magazine. And there's Gene. That was a nice look, though, with that blazer and the WWF logo, didn't you think? Still got mine somewhere. It's back in a closet somewhere. Oh, you know what I found the other day? I found one of my uh, WWF ties. I saw that somebody sent me that somebody was selling that on e- one of those ties on eBay for like $5,000 or something crazy. Anyway, I don't know why Gene's not wearing his. So remember, up until this point, they'd never told us who the convict was. And uh, maybe we'll see a, a, a little replay here. But as you know, they've been playing up this angle at this point that the convict who at some point had run across the big boss man while he was incarcerated, and of course the boss man did not treat him well, and now he's out for revenge. So this match, boss man, just uh, making quick work of uh, this jobber. <laughs> and so the boss man always looking over his shoulder, though. You know, they, they threw out that match. He's kind of always looking to see what's because, uh, you know, he knew this guy was out there, but going to inflict a little punishment and here comes 
the convict. We don't know who he is yet at this point. And comes over and grabs his nightstick, and now he goes to work on the boss man. Big boss man just brutalized with this nightstick by Department of Corrections. And uh, now he's just going to work. And that was a really great knee. And and Bossman sells it just perfectly. So, you know, just just going to work on him. I mean, it's classic beating. And uh, this this really uh, this you know set up a great feud between these two. It's it's just too bad it didn't last. Uh, uh, Kevin Watchholes, I I think that's how you say his name, was a little too volatile. Uh, you know what uh, took place with uh, Vince McMahon, but man, this I I thought the character was just fantastic, and he was really really good with it. So we never really saw it uh, come to its fruition, which I think disappointed a lot of people. I was among them. And they talk about that. You could see the boots there. They got the really high heel. They had said he had lifts in the, in the, in the boots because they wanted him to, you know, seem towering. And, and boss man was one, well, he was a big ass dude. I mean, he was, uh, you know, well over six, six feet. I mean, he, and and so they wanted, you know, jeez, just big, big meat hooks there just slamming into the side of the boss man's head. And we're not done yet. And another just spitting on him, some big boots. And, of course, perfect selling this. As he uh, seeks revenge, and they and they say you know when he had these boots, it was a little tough for him to get used to, so he wasn't real nimble in the ring with them. Just pounding away, so Gene Okerlund could barely watch the replay of this. Gene, so good. <laughs> It's like looking around for someone to back him up on this. The brutality. It's re- uh, Can you believe this? <laughs> it's great. Oh, what a shame. By the way, we have, ne- we have j- this just in. Nails. See, this is the first revelation that we did not know up to this point. It was, he was the convict. And I don't think that the uh, I don't I, I think maybe it, they didn't know what to what to name what what to call them. So do you think think they played a little bit with the voice here? There's a little manipulation audio wise. Listen, yeah. Yeah. That's I mean great right. Ooh, boy. 
at the missing teeth there and everything, man. That's chilling. Uh, right? Are you, aren't you? Yeah, that was awesome, right? That was great. I, I love that whole that whole uh, storyline between him and Big Boss Man was fantastic. All right, here's a couple of guys you would see here and there. Reno Riggins got a lot of time in the ring with a lot of the superstars. And uh, this matchup, they're going to be tangling with the Nasty Boys. Accompanied by Jimmy Hart. Knobs and Sags. Uh, they relished in uh, just destroying these people. But they were that way with everybody in the ring. So, you know, don't think that they're picking on these two guys uh, when they when they go at it in here because that's just, just the way they worked. Didn't matter who they were in the ring with. If you're going to go in, you're going to – it's going to be a little stiff. As they uh, – shortly, they will go into action here, and it won't be lasting very long. <laughs> but they're building – they're trying to, to – to build up a uh, a little tension here, a little bit of an angle between the Nasty Boys and High Energy, which is another classic example of where you've got two guys that are just really, really good workers. Owen Hart and Coco Beware. I mean, they do. They These guys are just, you know, Owen was, you know, you, when you first saw him, you knew that he was just incredibly talented. This this is one of those examples when they do a tag team where they just it just goes over the top. It would have been nice. And like Owen is adapting a little bit of Coco's, uh, you know, delivery. Oh boy, you got to have everything. Color the, the colorful outfits. I mean, like what? You know, lime green. Like like the look like the one with like Coco would wear. It looked like a a, a taxi cab. Would they have those giant like you would? They have with the black and yellow checks and ay ay ay. But anyway, that that was what they're pushing here. And. They just destroy him. Like you just watch what these guys would do. I mean, it was just Major Yates taking a major beating here. But they wanted them to really show just how ferocious they were. And the more skilled you were in the ring, the better a match you would get. They would actually let you mount a little offense here and there. But sometimes they'd send these guys over that were in some local school who did, who couldn't do anything. And they would just basically be a body. That's it. And they would just say, whatever we do to you, just go with. Uh, like they had a choice. And I don't know. I think they get like 50 bucks. And thanks for coming by. And they could tell all their friends that they were on TV going against some of the biggest stars in uh, the WWF. That match was a dollar and fifty-seven cents. That—that's what it was. A minute fifty-seven. But you know, we got a chance here to see him. Uh, I don't know what the hell that was. Uh, Dosi do. And uh, I'll get a little push for a, a future matchup against High Energy. High Energy. Oh, 
The big cannons at WBF. Remember I said before we got this thing started, they're just pushing this to the limits. WBF, there's Gary Stridham. And uh, no doubt about it, man, he is certainly one of the greatest uh, bodybuilders. But see what the way these guys look right now? By the time they got to that pay-per-view, pro- I promise they did not look like that. Stratum looked pretty good, but the rest of them, oh boy, was not pretty because uh, they were not allowed to enhance themselves with what they'd previously been using. And I shouldn't say everybody, but uh, I'll keep myself covered that way. And I didn't mention names. But here you've got, oh man, yeah, Kerry Von Eric, the Texas Tornado. Everybody loved Kerry. Great look. And a little kiss there. Yeah, she's going to remember that. And Carrie Von Eric, uh, if you remember, and it's pretty well documented now, but um, had been in a pretty nasty motorcycle accident where he lost about half of his foot had to be amputated. So he had to have a special boot made and he learned how to perform really at peak. I mean, he was, a lot of people never knew it. Uh, he didn't really walk with a, a limp and uh, you see him in the ring. He really just overcame it really, uh, really well. And uh, like I said, most people never even knew that he had that. And it was very kayfabe. Uh, nobody talked about it. And uh, many, even within the company, didn't know. And uh, he was he was a, a real favorite. Uh, and if if things wouldn't have transpired the way they did, he would have had a tremendous career, I think, with the WWF. But it wasn't meant to be. And, and tragically, uh, we lost him at a very young age. But a lot of demons followed that family. And if you ever uh, want to hear more about the Von Erichs and the, the whole story with them, uh, listen to that episode of Primetime with Sean Mooney uh, with, with Kevin, Kevin Von Erich, um, as he, he talks about the family and just how uh, you know great the brothers were and what a family it was, but just you know drugs destroyed it. Uh, and it was just, uh, they... I don't know you call it the curse, but boy, just the tragedy that they have lived with in their lives. It, it's great to see now, though, the the generation, uh, the new generation now uh, doing well in the world of professional wrestling as that legacy lives on. And there we go. I'm very, very busy here. Oh, 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 time out. Oh, okay. Hi. Well, uh, I, I left my WWF tie at home too, apparently. Not quite sure what I'm going, what's going on with the, the moss up there. But uh, anyway, we get to see the Mountie is in singles action at this point with that super shocker. All right. Yeah, this is an easy promo, right? <laughs> oh boy. 
Okay. So they had the you know the angle going with him and Sergeant Slaughter, which was which was a good day. You know, you got two supposed law enforcement, uh, you know, law enforcement kind of the the military angle going between the two. Yeah, that's something you're going to see down the road at a at arena near you. Boy, Mooney, reaching for that one. Okay, so here's the generics. Remember, I I told you that uh, you know most of the markets would get whatever if they had a house show going, and which was a lot. In most of the cases, you didn't get the generics, but these are the generics. Here's Virgil, uh, doing what he can, uh, cutting a promo, but he got a pretty good push at this point after they would separated uh, him from the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, who was busy teaming up with IRS and Money, Inc. And I'm not, I don't really know what happened with that. Uh, I think it just had its run and uh, they decided it was time to have Ted move on, do something different. And, uh, you know, they had some loyalty to Virgil and they gave him a shot. Man, my voice was so deep then. It's kind of that Barry White thing going on. But, uh, yeah, so there, there's your uh, first edition of uh, WWF Superstars uh, Event Center. As we are now treated to the genius coming out. I saw some video uh, a couple weeks ago of, of Lanny when he first joined the WWF, uh, where he'd come up. This is around the time that, that uh, Randy first came in. And he had a perm and a just uh, kind of this porn mustache going. And uh, it wasn't a good look. It was not a good look for him. So I'm glad that that didn't last. So now we've got uh, the Beverly Brothers, of course, with their manager, the genius. We might have to suffer through a poem. Yes, we are. As they prepare to take on Mike Samples and Scott Bailey. Okay. Oh, boy. All righty. Okay. If Mr. Perfect says so. As the Beverly Brothers, they're still trying to get the push for Bo and Blake. As uh, Perfect tries to help sell the LOS idea, this thing just went on and on. I mean, that's a... Whatever, but when that's all you got, really? Uh oh. So she's got LOD, or he's got, I should say, sorry, that he's got uh, the LOD uh, shoulder pads on. And they're like, oh, can we just can we just take a look at them? Now, I don't think for one second this was something that uh, mom and dad purchased up at the concession stand. Bob Collins, who was the promotions person, would go out and find somebody. I think it would have been Bob. I'm, I'm just assuming. And uh, you got, you got uh, genius of just happens to have some paint with him. <laughs> and this young man's like, what? what? What are you doing? But I guess it's a pretty good souvenir, right? You've got LOS, Legion of Sissies. 
as they give this uh, young man back. Oh, they're just so mean, aren't they? Just so nasty. Oh, you're the Legion of Sissies, this young man at the ringside yells at them. Okay, so we've got them facing uh, Mike Samples and Scott Bailey here. And the only reason that this match is going to last longer is because it took so long to paint the kids' shoulder pads because this is another squash match. Right over the top, right on the back of this poor guy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, that's going to make him mad. And it's uh, they point out in these notes, and I uh, once again, I should uh, give credit to blogofdoom.com, blogofdoom.com with these notes, that uh, they do point out that, you know, this thing went on and on, this whole legion of sissies, or, and they never, they never have a run on. They don't have demolition come out and at least, like, clear the ring or, or something. I, I, and I have to assume it was a TV taping, so the guys must have been in the house. I mean, give them something. Do something to try and push this thing. If they're in a building and they're doing this crap, you think they're going not? They're not going to do something, you know, uh, to go after these guys. But more paint, and gee, what do you think they're going to put on this guy's chest? There we go. Let's see what they do. And of course, they got to get the little the paint in. And uh, oh, and then we've got the skull cap they're going to put on. So they're so now they're doing it. Yeah, it's animal because of the mohawk. Big cell, big cell at the end there. Oh, and they got the they got the poor kids shoulder pads. It's like hey. Those are mine. Where's my shoulder pads? Don't worry, kid. We'll get you another pair. Bob, Bob, we need more shoulder pads. And there you have it. As they uh, make quick work. See the way, and and that's how we would, you know, they had to coordinate all this. And remember, we're talking three weeks out from these TV tapings, so we could actually have me react because I would do them the week of whatever it was going on. I would do these, so uh, they would be able to tell me, okay, you're you're coming out of a Beverly Brothers match. But it was uh, it was a hectic week, man. Not only did I have to do all those generics. Uh, you know, nine in a show, uh, but also all of those those house shows. And at one point where we were doing, I remember there would be almost 100 markets a week that we would have to customize. So um, just imagine that you're talking at least 300 for those just for the just for uh, the uh, superstars and, and challenge. And uh, I mean, I don't even know how many I did. It was just crazy. But uh, we're seeing here they had uh, Tito Santana pushing the matador. 
after actually sending him to a, a bullfighting school. So we've got, uh, you know, uh-oh, Kamala, who's not going to say much here. So, there you go. There you go. So this is when they had Harvey Whippleman. It was like a cast of characters they're bringing in between with Kamala and then Harvey Whippleman. I mean, how many managers does this guy have? Uh, kind of a sad story with Kamala. I mean, just the, the life that he's lived in. And he's got a book out that uh, you should check out. But, man, you talk about dealing with tragedy in one's life, man. He, uh, not only with, uh, you know, his health, but uh, family tragedies just uh, marked throughout his life. But he's got a book out, so I hope you uh, get a chance to check that one out as uh, we get ready for this matchup now with Crush. As uh, you know, they really, really uh, tried to push Brian Adams with this, and and uh, I mean, he had a great look, really good-looking guy, uh, you know, huge, big physique. And uh, as you know, you know, they, they were hoping that he could come in, step in and take over with demolition and keep them uh, high flying. And uh, well, they never did any high flying, I shouldn't say. But, you know, up there in the top rank of tag teams with the WWF. And it just they just couldn't make it happen for whatever reason. And so then they tried to crush. And that was uh, even worse, I think. I mean, they just couldn't just never. Never got anywhere with it. But here he is against George Anderson. And, and you know, look, he's just, you know, pressing this guy. for tossing him away. But, you know, very, very strong guy. I don't know. Maybe if they would have uh, maybe come up with another tag team. I, I don't know. But this this just never worked. Upcoming activities. So uh, those other activities, I uh, mean, help us promote the WBF. <laughs> belly to belly there. Oh, we got a fitness expo coming up that he's going to be at. So. Oh, backbreaker spins him around. Pay-per-view? It crushes his head like a coconut. But this really, this match was not really to push Crush. It was to push the health and fitness expo. So, uh, makes quick work here of George Anderson. That uh, match lasted about a minute and a half. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, and then just he drops. Ah, so this never knew what to do with them. It's uh, just a shame. But they did try, man. They did try. Hmm. To mean Gene Okerlund and Papa Shango. Oh, boy. What's going to happen? Watch out, Gene. Don't want to fall under that spell. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they're all waiting. You know, most people remember uh, Papa Shango as uh, the godfather, uh, but I really felt like this was one of the the best gimmicks that he had. I mean, for that time that it was there. I mean, for the WWF, but because you could do a lot with it. That's I think that's what I, I why I liked it. It was just so many things you could do and it scared the crap out of kids. And this is was when they were doing, you know, it was very family friendly. And I just remember being at ringside and and the kids just being scared to death, man. And he did he did a good job with it. You know, other people like may disagree, but remember, I was I'm I'm a, a product of the WWF WWE and they showed this this black goo remember remember the oozing out of the warrior's head and of course they got the 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 gimmick pump thing that's why he was wearing a jacket so he could do it but I wonder what's going to happen here with Gene and Papa Shango because uh, it's a little tough to do with the dome up there if they're going to do something like that with him But I like that where, like, where he lights the guy's shoes on fire, which was great. I mean, and talk about a hot foot. I mean, uh, <laughs> and they let it burn for a while. <laughs> Is he going to say something? No. Oh, okay. Here we go. Oh. Oh, Ultimate Warrior, you're you're in trouble. Ah, okay. Gene's scared to death. Didn't want to, this is an interview he didn't want to do. Oh. You know, I mean, Charles Wright did a good job with this, really. I I, I liked it. Uh, some may agree, disagree with me, think it was too gimmicky, but you have to remember what the programming was like then. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, Gene's uh, glad that he got away uh, unscathed. Wait a minute. Oh, oh. Gene, like, what the heck was that? Oh, Gene's. Oh, that's it. He's got the, the, the gimmick stuff coming out of his, his jacket. Oh my God. Gene, Gene needs some help. Let's get somebody out there. Give me a break. <laughs> That's pretty much the reaction of the crowd. Uh, the gimmick pump didn't work so well. All right. Well, <clears throat> ooh, ouch. Uh, I like the look on the crowd's face. Like, what the heck is that? Uh, evil goo. Yeah, okay. And now we got uh, high energy, which I just, God, what a waste of talent here. Come on. I mean, they have to make them, uh, you know, so cartoonish, I think is the word. You got two really good workers here. You got two guys that really know how to perform in the ring. And they dress them up like this, the checkerboards. The lime green. I don't know. It's like they did things that I just didn't understand even back then. <laughs> but anyway, they uh, you've got uh, Owen and you've got uh, Coco Beware teaming up as high energy facing Kato and Kevin Kruger. And here we go. You got Owen in first. You know, Cato got a little bit of a push there for a while. And actually, they're going to let him mount some offense here. Owen flips around, reverses that over the top. Oh, man. Takes him out. Yeah, and, and it is the thing is, you know, it's like even Perfect points it out, you know, like what's with these with these tights? I mean, you got Coco wearing them, like thing goes up to his chest and it's like, God, I, I know they didn't. Uh, and I think we talked, I talked to Coco about this when we did uh, the interview with him that he just, he, he thought it was ridiculous too that, you know, you got to work in this, these outfits and the suspenders. Atomic drop. Uh, drop kick. And uh, getting that high energy going. And there's a tag. As you see, Kevin Kruger in for the first time in this matchup. Uh, and... and uh, Perfect just continues to rag on him uh, with these these outfits, these with their high pockets. <laughs> Sends Kruger over. Here comes Coco. I'll wrap this up real quick here. 
Wow, get some height there. Cato getting a little shot as he uh, makes a mistake, trying to get involved. Coco's going to give him a shot there, but he boots out in a hurry. Uh, Not quite sure what he wanted to do there. He's like... As they make uh, quick work, uh, we actually saw a little bit of uh, exchange between these two tag teams, but not much. And Frankie makes an appearance. You ever want to hear great stories uh, with, with the episode with Coco where he talks about the first appearances with Frankie and Frankie biting the crap out of his fingers and he's like <laughs> hitting the thing with a stick to make it stop. I mean, he had to do some serious training. And we get to see Barry Darso, one of the best workers in the business, man. He was uh, a great Great professional wrestler. And did whatever uh, they asked him to do. And in this case, he got stuck with this gimmick, Repo Man. And uh, as long as they're pushing him, as the Repo Man comes in and uh, is going to take on Dan Robbins here. You know, I mean, he did everything he could with with what you could with this uh, Repo Man gimmick. I mean, every pun you could possibly imagine, they had him. They did vignettes. I mean, they tried. And Dan Robbins, it's a shot right to the back of the head to start this thing out. Repo Man, not not a nice guy. Pounds away. I just used to love the way Vince would say that. We had an occasion. We had a we had an occasion to speak with him. What does that mean? Like you made an appointment, talked to his people. It's like So they're uh, pushing this uh, feud with British Bulldog with Davy Boy who's uh you know doing involved in singles action at this point in his career. Dynamite Kid ain't around. No mas. As Repo Man. Little message for Bulldog. That never really went anywhere either. As they try and sell that interview with Papa Shango and Gene... With the black ooze. I know, I know. Here I'm talking about uh, how much I like Papa Shango, and then we've got the black ooze, and it was, anytime they did that, it was kind of lame. Like, okay, I admit that. But as far as, I, I just thought it was a good gimmick. I, you know, some of the some of the stuff they went too far, but. And he creates a lasso here as he ties up Dan Robbins to wrap this thing up. Not quite sure what he's going to do with them. I guess it's like he's uh, towing, uh, repossessing. I don't. I don't know. I don't know quite sure what that means. Uh, he just continues to inflict punishment. The guy's done. 
All right? Repo Man. This is uh, sneaky. And there he goes. Oh God, we got it. We had we had to get another event center in. Jiminy crickets. I think I tried for a part there for a while, huh? Let's see what's going on with that. Okay, so we now we see Legion of Doom. Uh, I don't know. I don't get it. Look at how freaking massive Joe is. Look at those arms. There we go. Oh, he, he had such a great voice. Mm. That's right. So Paul Adelring joins us, uh, this tag team, but... They didn't need a manager, man. They they were they were really good at cutting promos. Uh, it didn't hurt them. I'm not saying it didn't hurt them, but they were just great on their own. I loved uh, them as you know the promos they cut. I thought were fantastic, and of course, I loved Hawk. I'm like, oh yeah, you know this that not Macho Man, you know, but that uh, oh what a rush, you know that just great, just great. And uh, then they kept trying to do this one, Money Inc. Ted DiBiase, IRS. There you go, because it's all about money. It's kind of like when they they had these guys together, and it, it, they just it was just hard to create these feuds. So. That's what what was great though with Ted though is doing the generics. He could whatever it was, he could just nail it. Yeah, there you go. So in this episode, we really we got a, a chance to see a lot of the the superstars, the bigger names, and uh, the week coming up as we're going to find out uh, what's going to be coming your way. Next week on Superstars of Wrestling, or I shouldn't say that. I should say WWF Superstars. There you go. And uh, we got a little teaser earlier on with Shawn Michaels. Probably more will be, uh, they're going to be trying to sell that Intercontinental Championship match with Bret Hart. Tatanka. Nails. Now we know who he is. He's Nails. And the Macho Man, Randy Savage. That's right, Randy. Still getting it done. And there you have it. Uh, That was, uh, you know, with the all told, about 45 minutes because you've got commercials in there. So usually that, you know, that show is an hour long. And, uh, you know, it's just jam-packed. It is one giant commercial. And they uh, kind of weave it through, and you do get to actually see a little wrestling in there, but nothing of note. And uh, it just they just keep 
kept uh, kept uh, pumping these out, man. And and uh, at the time, that's when you had remember the WBF was going strong, or they're trying to make it. Um, I don't know at one point where it uh, started to really go south with the uh, the WBF, but I do remember that it's just that they started just super promoting everything uh, to do with it. Where prior to that, we had a little crossover where, you know, you would have a spot or they'd have the Ico Pro banners in the background or something like that. But then it just got to everything where they were tying in language that would help promote the, as we saw in this episode, uh, the uh, fitness expo. And, uh, you know, so I don't know when it really got to the point where it's saying like, we're in trouble with this. It's just not working. We're not uh, selling the products and uh, these guys aren't getting over. Taking these guys to the house shows was a disaster. You know, these guys they had on the roster for the WBF was a disaster. They were, and, and to think about it, though, like, where, are you, where do you promote them? Uh, where would you be able to get people to see these guys? And so one of them was, one of the options was having these guys go to house shows, and they do these pose downs uh, between matches. You know, they have the guys come out, and uh, boy, that was just, uh, didn't go over well. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. So uh, by the time they got to this pay-per-view, it was, and, and, and the edict had already come down that these guys could not do any kind of enhancement uh, supplements, uh, I'll put it that way. And so by the time they, they had this event, it was just really, the, most of the guys just looked very soft compared to what you'd see with we saw in that video of Gary Stridham and just, you know, ripped to shreds. That is not how they looked at that event. And I think to this day, it, it stands as one of the worst uh, buy rates for any pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> really uh it was i, I you know it'd be great i wish we maybe we i wish we could do a watch along i don't know if they'd ever put that up on the network or where you could find it but that would be a great watch along because it was uh it was sad yeah, i don't know if you were one of the hundreds of people who actually saw it and i do mean i think that's what it came down to um but it was it was not good so there you have it another episode of WWF superstars, and I always have fun doing these. I I hope you enjoy them, but uh, you know we'll we'll do more of them. Uh, also, the Saturday night main events, uh, and of course we've got we've been doing Monday night Raws. Um, I would like to do maybe a, an episode of one of the because uh, they're in the libraries uh, now is uh, maybe an episode of Nitro, one of the early ones, because uh, I did a lot of research on those for some of the interviews that I did with people that uh, you know were involved. And, um, you know, uh, so maybe we can do something with that. I think that'd be kind of fun to do, even though I had nothing to do with the WCW, uh, just from a standpoint of just looking at it and objective, trying to do it objectively, I guess, <laughs> but maybe we'll do something like that. All right. Uh, once again, I, I want to, uh, uh, remind everybody, please stay safe. Uh, you know, do your part at, at, uh, self-distancing or, self-quarantining, whatever you want to call it. We're going to get through this. Uh, I work in news, and every day I'm bombarded with the numbers. And I really feel that we're going to get on the other side of this soon. And uh, that, who knows, maybe it'll be a few months till we get back to some uh, some 
semblance of normalcy, but uh, hang in there and uh, use the time to stay close to your family and take care of yourself and be healthy because, uh, you know, this is just something else. It's so tragic and uh, the thousands of lives lost, but uh, we'll get through it. We always do. Um, I'd love to hear from you. You know, you can get in touch with me uh, through Gmail. Uh, you can just uh, email me at primetimemooney at gmail.com, primetimemooney at gmail.com. Of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at uh, primetimemooney. And uh, we've got, uh, you know, of course, a Patreon if you want to get our episodes. And we drop a lot of content every week, every Monday uh, like this. We've got our network classics. And then, of course, Wednesdays, we've got original episodes of Primetime with Sean Mooney. And then we release a vault episode on Saturdays, and they all drop at 6 a.m. Eastern time. And if you'd like to get all of those uh, ad-free, completely ad-free, uh, you can do that by becoming a Patreon member, and it's uh, $4.99, and you get all of the content absolutely free. Um, other than that, uh, you know, you can catch it every every week just uh, through Apple Tunes or whatever, uh, or uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, but uh, you can do it that way, whatever your, your favorite platform is. And uh, then we've also been putting up a lot of video on um, YouTube. And you can go to our YouTube channel, Primetime Mooney. Just search Primetime Mooney, and uh, that comes up. And uh, you can check that out. And, of course, if you're a Patreon member, you get that video before anybody, before we put it up on YouTube. We uh, wait a week or so before that gets up there, so you can get that exclusively early before anybody else gets to see it, uh, too. All right? So, uh, as I said, uh, take care. Thanks for listening, and I will catch you next time. I'm Sean Mooney, and I am out. <laughs>